Hello, and welcome to the Dismantle Racism Show. I'm your host, the Reverend Dr. TLC. Our goal is at the show is to educate, eradicate, and to dismantle racism. And we do that in a number of ways through our conversations with guests who are so dynamic and who are working every day to dismantle racism in every way possible. And it starts with just an understanding of who we are as individuals. And so we hope that you learn from each guest who's on here some ways in which you can tap into the greatest part of yourself and begin to move throughout the world, helping the world to be the world that you want it to be. Oftentimes we think that we're looking for someone else to do something. And we are truly the ones that we've been waiting for. So I hope that when you listen to the show, you can find yourself in the guest who appear on the show in words that you have heard over and over again, but you have a new understanding of what those words mean. I hope that you will listen with an open heart and an open mind so that as you go day to day to day throughout this world, you'll learn to stand up to speak up and really push against the edges, push against the system of oppression and marginalization. I want you to think deeply about the conversations that you hear throughout the week and ask yourself the question, what does race have to do with this? What does racism have to do with this? And one of those conversations I want to just point out before we even get into the meditation, it's been so interesting to hear how people are commenting on Brittany Griner's return home. And I might ask us to think about what is the hostility around her returning home? Why shouldn't President Biden have fought for her release? What are the issues that are coming up? Is it because she's a woman? Is it because she's a person of color? Is it because she's LGBTQIA? What's going on? We have to be willing to ask ourselves the question because that's when we will find the answer and that's when we'll understand better about who we are and how we're showing up in the world. In fact, it will help us to see, are we truly the person that we believe ourselves to be? But we're going to tap into these conversations today around pushing up against the edge, but we're going to start as we always do, by connecting with our breath. So I invite you, wherever you are, if you could just ground yourself by planting your feet on the floor, and if you're outside listening, just plant your feet into the earth and connect with your breathing. And I invite you to close your eyes. And simply just begin to take a few deep breaths in and out. Connecting with your life source, your divine wisdom, and connecting with your feelings right in this moment. What's happening inside of your body? What thoughts are you having about the discussion that's to come today on the show? What does it trigger for you to talk about race? What happens inside your body when you're challenged to do more? So just breathe in and out. Connecting with where you are, with what you've heard in the world about race just this week alone. Breathe in and out. And then connect with that part of you that recognizes your power, your power to heal the world, to move the world, to change the world. Breathe in and out knowing that what you do matters. You are not insignificant. Breathe in and out and recognize that when you touch one person, you've essentially touched a thousand people. 
Breathe in and out. Claiming your power. Claiming your confidence. Claiming your commitment. Breathe in and out. And just really meditate on these words. I am the one that I've been waiting for. I am the answer to my prayers. I am powerful. Breathe in and out. Recognizing that the power of one contributes to the power of community. Breathe in and out. Knowing that there are people who've come before you, who supported your efforts long before you ever began. Your story didn't just begin with you, but years before you came to this earth. So just breathe in and out, feeling that support, feeling the support of the universe and the sacred source that you recognize. Breathe in and out, knowing that I am here to support you in any way that I can. And so are the people who are on this show. You are not alone in this journey of dismantling racism. So just breathe in and out. Connecting with your breath. Connecting with your power. You are the one that you've been waiting for. Now take a deep breath in and sigh it out, and let's begin. A few days ago, I met with some course participants, some individuals who had taken my class, a blueprint for um, ending racism. Actually, they had taken more than one, one class. Some of the people were in some of the other classes. But we met so that we could talk about what have you accomplished since taking the class? What are some amazing things that you are doing in your life right now as it relates to dismantling racism? And I was really pleased to hear how people had integrated the conversation about race into their businesses, how they started to market perhaps in a different way, how those who were living in predominantly white areas had gone out and decided to become a part of organizations that were perhaps run by people of color to see how they could help them with their nonprofits, for instance. How people has challenged the folks that lived in their households around some of the ways in which they think. And what was so powerful about it was understanding this idea, which I teach all the time, is that we're not alone. And sometimes when we're pushing up against the edge of a system, it feels like we're out here by ourselves. But in that group, we could all look at one another on Zoom. And we came from all over the place, on the West Coast, the East Coast, everywhere. Midwest, actually. We came from all over. And we understood there are other people who want to see a different world. And we were able to get ideas from one another as well. And what was important for me, particularly as a facilitator, is that this understanding, as I said in my meditation, that when I touch one life, I've now touched thousands of other lives, maybe indirectly, 
but I've touched those lives. And so what would happen if I chose to hide my light and say, I'm not talking about this anymore. I'm sick and tired of talking about this. I'm not going to speak up because I just want to be left alone. I want to drink my cup of tea, watch my holiday movies, and I just want to feel good. But I understand the importance of making my mark in the world. And I want you to understand that as well. You never know how your one conversation with someone that's already planting a seed, as soon as those words are out of your mouth, that one conversation might be watered by someone else. And you will see the fruits of your labor blossom in the ways in which that person starts to have conversations differently or even move in a direction of their thinking. And quite frankly, maybe sometimes you won't see the fruits of your labors, but just know that whatever comes out of your mouth, if the intent is for justice and racial equity to occur, if it comes out of your mouth from this place of knowingness, a place of wisdom, it will not come back to you void. There's absolutely no way that it will come back to you void. It will be sprinkled upon the earth and it will make a difference. We're all interconnected. So when you say something, it impacts someone all the way across the world. And sometimes you may not even know how. So just continue to shine your light just continue to do the work that you're doing to change the status quo. It is so important. And if you don't know how to do it, connect with people like me who can teach you about how to have discussions on dismantling racism. And I do more than teach you about having the discussions. Teach, I teach you about how to push up against the edge, which is what we're really going to be talking about on today's show. How do you keep moving? when you don't feel like doing it? And why is it important? And one of the reasons why it's important is because when we are silent, we see more instances of oppression and marginalization to occur. And so we must be the ones who speak up. And I wanna encourage you to do that. When we come back, we're going to be talking with my guest today, Sandra Bar Barkman, sorry, Bargeman. And she is the host of The Edge of Every Day. But I'm not going to read her bio until we come back. Because I really want you to know what a dynamic woman she is. And I want to read that bio and just go directly in to what she's been doing to push up against the edge of every day, as she says in her show. So when we come back, we're going to get deep into it and we're going to take a look at how she's made a difference in the world and what she does. So this is the Dismantle Racism Show. We will be right back. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Are you? 
you on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. We're back with the Dismantle Racism show. My guest today is Sandra Bargeman, and she is an actor and singer with 35 years plus professional uh, experience. Uh, she's an author. She's seminary trained and an ordained interspiritual minister, and she's the host of The Edge of Every Day on Talk Radio NYC. Um, it's based on our hit solo show of the same name. She is the contributing author of the number one best-selling book, On the Shoulders of Mighty Women. She trained with Al Gore in 2017 to become a climate reality leader. She founded Sacred Stages LLC in 2014 with the mission to support seekers on their journey of self-discovery, connection to the infinite source, and what it means to walk the edge of being both human and spirit. The live CD recording of The Edge of Every Day is available on CD, baby. And I'm so delighted to have Sandra Bargeman to join me today on the show because I love when there are people who are pushing up against the edge. And I love also because you are also kindred spirits being uh, an inter-spiritual minister as well. And so welcome, welcome, welcome to the show today, Sandra. Oh, hello, Reverend Dr. TLC. It is a complete honor to be asked to be a guest on your show. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, you're so welcome. It's my delight to have you. And as our listeners could hear, there are so many things that I could talk to you about with your your fabulous bio. And that's only just a little bit of the bio, but you've had an amazing life in terms of what you have chosen to do with your life by pushing up against the edge. And so whether it's climate change or all the other things that I'm sure you had to push up against, you know, as a woman being an actor and in your profession. So I want to start our discussion today about the edge. I love that name, the edge of every day. It's not like it's something that we face monthly or yearly. It could be the edge of every minute. Tell us about every breath. Yeah. Well, I I just loved the discovery of uh, the edge. You know, when I was contemplating creating a one woman show is really how I I came up with uh, the name for the show. But in retrospect, it's how I've lived my whole life. I have lived on the boundary edges of all of the communities in which I've been a part. And I have never wanted to be in the center of these communities. I'm willing to step into them, but I don't want to live there. I want to live on the edges. I want to push those edges. It's generally speaking in the center, not in every way, but where the status quo lives, Mm. where safety lives, Mm. where this is how we always do it lives. And that is not an, it's not my nature, which I never could have articulated way back when, but looking back, that's how I lived my life as an edge walker. And then to come into the desire to create this one woman show that really was about me stepping into my own voice, 
yeah. as an actor, as a singer, and as an interfaith, interspiritual minister, and using the power of my voice with all of my talents, what show was I going to create that was kind of my version of preaching? Yes. I'm not a part of any organized religion mm. and don't have a congregation per se. So I'm, my husband and I um, are, are driving in the Catskills and, and I just, you know, and we passed an old skeleton of a building and mm. it was um, like an old restaurant slash bar slash and and i thought wouldn't that be a great community center and a great like a place to do cabaret and where i could do what and i'm contemplating doing this show i could do you know the show that i want to create there and he and my husband goes well what would you call it and i said just flew out of my mouth hadn't thought about this and i said the edge i just love that idea about pushing be coming to the edge and and being afraid of the edge but but finding the courage to jump and he said well you know the edge effect is a scientific term the edge effect that's what i would call it and i said oh tell me more mm -hmm. and and he said it's where two different ecosystems come together for instance, a forest and a field. And it's yeah. that boundary, that edge where they meet, where we find the most diversity, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, the most, it, it, the hybriding. Like if you think of communities, it's where innovation happens. And of course it happens in nature where, where you find the most chaos, but the most creativity and the, 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 the discoveries are there on the edges. And I thought, I, I, you know, and I used that in the creation of the ideas for the show. Yeah. And but do you find that most people, because I love how you just said, like at the edge, there's the chaos, there's the diversity, there's the differences, right? Yeah. Do you find that most people are afraid to walk? Oh, in? absolutely. Absolutely afraid are not wired for it are not curious about it um it's it's you know i mean we, we, hey listen we learned that psychologically people are are truly wired mm. for sameness mm. mm -hmm. and some people are wired for deep curiosity and an attraction to diversity and change and which is to insinuate a comfort level with change that people that want don't want to be on the edge don't want to change so so let me ask you because i love that you went there that <laughs> that people are wired in those ways so there might be some people that are listening will find it hard they'll say i'm just not wired to live there and so i don't think i can be out there pushing against it and and, and working to dismantle racism and, or maybe people are just wired racist and they're not going to change what would you say as an interspiritual minister to encourage those people to just check out the edge even Absolutely. if it's uncomfortable for you what 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 would you say to them well, I would first and foremost, when when people ask me what is my 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 tradition, and before I say you know interspiritual, I say my tradition is curiosity, mm. and as a human being, I believe that it is our birthright and and the greatest need to cultivate this curiosity. Now, I'm not saying everyone needs to walk every single moment of every single day, like I might, mm -hmm. curiously asking a million questions and exploring and looking in the shadows and looking and looking at the light and doing all the things that I love to do. But, but I don't believe that just because a person is quote unquote wired and psychologically and the, you know, the data is beginning to come in on this. I don't believe that that is, um, that that means that people can't step out of their comfort zone a bit and mm. summon some courage around mm. curiosity. Mm. And I would, my suggestion would be take some baby steps, mm. find someone with whom you might feel safe to ask some questions mm -hmm. and, and find someone who, um, is outside maybe of your your inner circle mm -hmm. that that 
that you can feel, I mean, safety and privacy with that, you know, where you can take those first steps into curiosity. Yeah. I love that. I love that curiosity. See, that's another reason why I think we we connect and jive because I've always asked a million questions. <laughs> and it's like, what? Like, that doesn't even make sense to right, me. I, right. Wait, this doesn't wait, compute. Wait, 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 why? Even when I'm teaching something like my, uh, I, was, I was actually teaching Bible study last night and we were, you know, talking about a story in there and it had to do with women and and, and I said, you know, as women, we've been sold a bill of goods. Like, does that make sense? Like, just dig deeper. Does that make sense? Now, I know I'm offending a lot of people right now when I say that, but I, I just want you to look even critically, even at our sacred text and say, is that in alignment with who you know, you know, the divine to be? You just fully accept that we're supposed to be these little docile women you know like totally well oh that word offend uh, that drives me insane um i would say if you feel offended this is where you have some work internal work to do Mm. because if you are secure in these beliefs exactly then you will not there's no need to feel offended for instance, someone can call me whatever they want to call me, a witch, a this, a that, a crazy, a loony, a whatever. I'm secure in who I am. Mm. Your, your taking offense is actually more about you than right. it is about me. Now, if I have been intentionally cruel, I'm more than willing to hear that and to apologize and to, but if I've spoken a truth that somehow that's not cruel, simply my truth and it offends you mm. then, then i would suggest that that's where the internal work lies i love that i i absolutely do because one of the things that i say to people my questioning my beliefs what i've learned over the years i i full fully embrace who i am from a religious perspective mm. but my questioning what what folks have taught and the way that they taught it. I said, it actually only makes me have a stronger connection with the divine. It doesn't make evolving. Yes. It's called evolving. It doesn't make me say, Oh no, I can no longer believe that. No. And, and in this place of curiosity, it also helps me to know that there are some things I don't understand. But I can seek to understand them. And then there's some things I surrender to, right? So we're going to have to take a break, of course. But when we come back, I'd love to talk with you about how you have found being, you know, at the edge and in this place of chaos and diversity. How has it shown up just in your day-to-day understanding of race and racism, because I think that some people move in and out of these spaces more naturally than others, because we've been talking about the wiring. But I also think that sometimes when folks talk about dismantling racism, they really think it has to be this huge thing. And I keep saying on every show, it's about starting right within your own self and in your community, your family. So when we come back from the break, I'd like to continue the conversation and go, go more into what, what have been some things that you've encountered on the edge of dismantling racism. So we will be right back on the dismantle racism show. Stay tuned. Are you passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges 
business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy and Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. We're back with the Dismantle Racism Show. My guest today, Sandra Bargeman, has been talking about um, really how do we engage in a process of curiosity and evolving. And she is the host of The Edge of Every Day. And she talks about pushing the edge, pushing the envelope a little bit. (laughs) So I want to know, Sandra, as a white woman, who pushes up against systems, but in particular, systems of oppression. What's it been like for you? What have been some of your experiences when you've chosen to not go to the center? Yeah. Well, I think for me, uh, everything really uh, cranked into higher gear. You know, it's not... uh, I lived in a, a white girl bubble and grew up in a conservative family. Um, but as sort of the black sheep, wise ass, put my, you know, my opinions out there and, but still always skirting around and, and, and not, not necessarily pricking the, 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 the hive with the stick, if you will. But it really cranked into gear with me around 2013, when I really started deeply paying attention to my entitlement and white people's entitlement when 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 and my privilege when the all of the the and it was on social media all of the um the killings the police killings the brutality that we could i i'll speak for myself i could finally see that happening on video i could see it in real time and then i could watch people in my life that i was close to react to that exactly the opposite that I did that that were all about the blue and and watching that and seeing what was revealed in my my family in my closest contacts was really shattering for me it's not as if it was the first time it had happened in my lifetime but it was it culminated in a way for me that I'm sure uh, had everything to do with the age I was, where we we had come in time, the fact that I, you know, um, my mother was gone, and you know, my my sense of family was already unraveling. So it was a a culmination of a lot of tendrils coming together. But but since then, and with with you know the rise of Trumpism, I mean, it's a daily. I've become uber political and uber aware of the patriarchy and this and been very honest with all my friends who are people of color to you know give me help me i'm Mm. working on this i'm doing my reading i'm i'm asking the questions i'm speaking up with the people in my life i'm willing to sit with this chaos I'm willing to sit with this confrontation. I'm willing to say the hard things. I'm willing to have the courageous conversations, particularly with people in my life that are blood relatives. Mm. So what's been some of the, you know, the backlash of you speaking up? I mean, you just talked about being in a conservative family and we know what the last several years have been like in terms of people 
you know, and people not even recognizing that race has something to do with it, right? That racism has something to do with it. So what's, what's that been like for you? That blows my mind. The idea that people can be immune to the idea of that, that race is a part of it. Well, it's been horrible. Um, it's been very, um, heartbreaking and, and, um, but, but I'm not someone that I am not wired to be quiet Mm. and I am not someone that can just agree to disagree because to me, you know, and, and, and that, that's such a political thing to say, we'll, we'll just have to agree to disagree. Well, you know what? I can agree to disagree on our economic policy with China, but I cannot agree to this disagree when it comes to human rights, mm. when it comes to my body, when it comes to systems of oppression that you are unwilling to take a look at. Every, every single white person knows this, you know, and so to pretend that that they're not a part of this story boggles my mind. Now, some might call that ridiculously naive. I don't call that naive. Mm. I wonder, you know, what I'm imagining for you is that a part of why you have to speak up is because internally you can't live with yourself if you don't. I mean, that I, like I can feel your passion through the the, the screen, <laughs> jumping out that, like that, that like you're really serious about what you're saying. Yeah. And, and I think that a lot of times people don't understand that the cost of racism to individuals, particularly, I think, uh, well, not I think, I know from the research I've done and from other folks who talk about this, the cost of racism for white folks can often be psychological and emotional because there's an internal battle that's going on. And so if there's a fear to speak up, you're still already sacrificing something and dealing with something emotionally anyway. So why not step out? Why not speak up? Exactly. It's just going to eat you from inside. Exactly. Well, and I just, I mean, you know, you can tell from my passion and you can, I am, I wouldn't say that, you know, confrontation, you know, I've cracked a joke in my family. It's, you know, confrontation is like a a great drug. And that's really, you know, that sounds really sassy. And to some extent, it's kind of true that I, I am somebody that wants to go, okay, why do you believe that? And get a little confrontational. But the truth of the matter is, is that I've, I've always spoken up. Mm. Um, It was not as, as aggressively as I do in, at this age and in this time, Mm. but, but through all my life, and I've shared this with you in, in, um, in our pre-chats, you know, uh, when I was in college, I grew up, I, I knew five people, five mm-hmm. black people in, in my school, in my lovely little Pittsburgh suburban lifestyle. And, you know, just was what it was. It wasn't like I even, you know, my parents didn't talk about things and, you know, they weren't politically motivated and it was, you know, past the sixties. The and, and so you know, it wasn't a lifestyle. They weren't that way. They weren't activists and involved. Mm. And, and so I get to college and it's a whole new world. And I'm an actor. I went to Carnegie Mellon University in Pittsburgh and, you know, I'm learning about everything and out in the world about uh, LGBTQ and, and all of it and curious and like a sponge and loving it. And one of my college boyfriends was a black man Mm. and you know and we finally got to a place where I wanted to talk about it at home and I shared it with uh my family and uh my parents and I my father takes me out to dinner and and he calmly and I had no idea that (laughs) I didn't know my parents were racist this is this is the, the 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 privilege and the entitlement and the blinders and my father basically threatened to pull his portion of funding for my college education. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I was blown away. I had no idea. 
you know, of course, I didn't say anything to him because, you know, what, what am I? I'm 19 years old, but, but I, I pushed back and I, I, because I was so shocked, but that was the first real door opening for me. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, I, I, I didn't. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, no, I was just going to say, I didn't step out of the relationship. It took its natural uh, mm-hmm. course and we ended up breaking up, but you know, it was not because of my father. Mm. Um, and, and this is not to say my father was a horrible human. He was just a product of his times and not a curious person. Mm. Well, I think people are products of their time and, and people have to recognize their own prejudices. Bingo. Right? And, right. and so one, it's cause it's easy kind of to say, well, this is what's happening now. Right. No, but it's also but, but, a need to fit in. Right. And I get that. But and that my father had that and I did not. That's what I was just about to say, because I don't want our audience to walk away thinking, well, it's just what's happening during our time. We have to be the ones. Yes, that, exactly. We're the we're the ones who are going to say, no, no, not right. And what I have found, particularly when I teach at um, one of the local colleges and when we're talking about race and class, I have a lot of students because it's predominantly white college who will talk about never, ever having um, a, a white person in their class, never having a white teacher. And then there'll be those students who will say, oh, I can remember when I brought a black friend home. And what my parents said, and they they start thinking back on it because they just took it as, oh, well, my parents, when they would say, well, what are you guys doing downstairs? Or they would make other statements that they wouldn't normally say if they were a white friend. Right. And these are the things when people think that they live in this world and that they're not racist. They've really got to start examining what are your stereotypes? What are your thoughts? Oh, you know, how are you, how are you really showing up? Because people will still say, well, I'm not a racist, even though they don't want their daughter to go out with a black man. Right. Oh, exactly. No. And I, and I invite, I I ask all of my friends, please let me know if I have just said something or or bring something to my attention that I have somehow had a blinder on. I work very, very hard to understand the course of history, to now engage in the, you know, please don't even get me started. We have to go to break about, you know, yes. not, not teaching the history of racism. Right. That, you well, know. you know what? It's so funny. I love when I have another um, uh, host on the show. Because we're, we're like trying to mind the breaks for one another. And we do have to take a break. We are going to be right back to finish up our conversation with Sandra Bargeman. We'll be right back. Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy and Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant. And on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day.
We're back with the Dismantle Racism Show. And you know what? I just want to give a shout out to my daughter, Ruby, because she selected the music for this show. And my guests are always grooving to the music when we come <laughs> back from break. So I want to just give her a, a shout out and to thank her for being involved in my show. Um, Sandra, let's go back to something for a moment, because before the break, we were talking about being a product of our time and also the need to understand history. And I want us to just take a moment to see how deeply ingrained white supremacy is in our language and in our system. And sometimes we don't know. You're right. We're a product of it, which is why we have to be curious. So before the break, um, there were at some point before our last, uh, in the middle of our last segment, you use the word black sheep. And whenever I, I yes, you said I was the black sheep of, of the family. Oh, black, oh, black, black sheep, sheep of the family. Of yes. family. Yeah. yes. And it's a common thing that we've all used because mm -hmm. it does mean like the, it, we're, we're talking about the one who is different, right? But right. usually we're talking about different, almost in a deviant way. That's how <laughs> other people see us, right? So if we think about why is it that a black sheep is the one that's the deviant one. Oh, right? well, so that's yeah. how powerful our language is that if you look up in the dictionary white, you will see everything that's related to pure and goodness. Yeah, angelic. And then, yes. And if you and look black up, is Satan and exactly. bad. So so what we have to begin to do, this these are the simple things no, that you can so do spot on. Love it. Racism. We can just say, let me do a teachable moment right here, right? And that's what I want my guests and my listeners to know. Pay attention to your tapestry. Pay attention to how white being right is what's shown in the backdrop of society. Start questioning. I love, love, love that you say curiosity. Start questioning. Why do, why do we say that? Yep. About, totally. You know, and, and, and so it's it's a little thing, but it's a big thing. At it's the same time, absolutely. Right? So I want to talk about, you know, um, you talked about the word confronting your, your family mm -hmm. or your friends about things. Mm -hmm. And for me, I come again, mine is always a, from the teachable moment. And of course, when I come, I try to come from a place of love. Talk to me about how do you engage again? There's, you know, it's funny you bring this up because I this is a point I wanted to make. If there's an edge between, for me, between how am I confrontational and how am I doing this in a way that sparks with love and kindness, which is not niceness per mm. se. Mm. Kindness and niceness are two different things, but in in a way that is expansive yes and yes. is is not cruel i don't want to embarrass i don't want to but i also don't you know i don't want to shy away from it if it's someone i don't know mm. um i don't want to i want to stand there in my power and say saying that word is not okay with me yes and yes. you know i don't have to be like at, at, when I say confrontational, I don't need to be aggressive or cruel, but, yeah. but I do have to stand in my power mm. and, and even with people in my own life, mm. you know, now granted people in my, I, I, so many of my family members, I don't speak with a lot anymore, mm. um, unfortunately. And I rest assured that they would all say that they're not racist. And yet, and yet they, they are, they are for a regime that promotes oppression mm. and they have potentially no idea how they are a part of the system and how they benefit from it. So, and, so can, I you know, can, can I just pause just for a yeah. second? Because you just said something that, that is deeply profound in the sense of not speaking to your family because they do X, Y, and Z. And that's a fear for a lot of people. And I'm sure there's sadness that comes with that. So what would you tell our listeners? How, how can our listeners could cope with that sadness and fear of losing close people? Yeah. Well, I think 
Oh, it's so much to unpack with it. I, I think at the end of the day, I always get to, if we are this far apart, mm. how close have we been? Wow. Really? Wow. That I, the heartbreak and the heartache that I feel around human rights mm. and the willingness to evolve humanity and versus the unwillingness. And, and there's also, I have experienced in my own family inner circle, there is a contempt towards me. Mm. towards for being the curious one for being the one that says the difficult things mm. i'm not even challenging someone per se i'm just saying a big fat truth mm. that can to our earlier point feel offensive mm. if you haven't done your internal work mm. so to get dig down into the nitty gritty of it. It's, it's a lifestyle that I don't, I, I don't feel nourished by mm. and blood is not thick enough for me. Wow. To, to, to be a part of that. I mean, you know, I can stay in touch, but I'm not going to, and, 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 and I'm always here. And if you're curious, come to me, mm. but I'm not going to lay down. Mm to make so, to make you comfortable right so wow sandra like like this is such a powerful you know uh part of of this process of dismantling racism and of course as you know we're getting short on time here but what would you tell what's the inner work because you've mentioned that several times mm -hmm. you've mentioned about other people needing to do their inner work so they won't be offended but what is the inner work that you have to do in order to live on the edge of every day and push the boundaries? Well, I, I have to be deeply in alignment with, with what feels most expansive for everyone. Mm. I cannot claim something by denying someone else. And not everyone may feel that way. So my internal work is to always stay true to that. And I have, back to our my original story, I've been an edge walker my whole life. I felt on the edge of my own family from the time I popped out of the womb. Mm. So I have not fit in ever. Mm. Mm -hmm. So I, my internal work is finding comfort in my relationship, my edge with spirit and humanity. Mm. I cannot look to anyone. I cannot look to my husband. At the end of the day, it's my relationship with myself mm. and with spirit as I define it. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. <sighs> Andrew, thank you for that. Our time has gone much too quickly. And Indeed. what I hear you saying in all of this is, is be true to yourself, do your work so that you're able to walk the edge and live in alignment with uh, your connectedness with uh, the, the, the divine and God of your understanding and with yourself. If you would, I want you to tell folks how they can get in touch with you. And if you could give us just a 30 minute, you know, blessing, I would really, really love that. A 30 minute or a 30 second? 30 seconds, uh, sorry, 30 <laughs> seconds. You can uh, find me at Sandra Bargeman, B-A-R-G-M-A-N.com. That's my website. I have my YouTube channel is Sandra Bargeman on the edge of every day. You can find clips from my show. You can get it at CD baby and amazon.com. A prayer. You who are as vast 
as the universe and you who are as personal as a heartbeat. Give me the courage to be vulnerable, to always share what's in my heart, even when it's not easy, even when I might be afraid. Let me set down the armor. And so it is. And so it is. Thank you so much to my guest, Sandra Bargeman, today. And to you, our listeners, for being here, please go to sacredintelligence.com. Pick up a copy of my book on dismantling racism. Check out the courses that I am offering. And I also just put out uh, a CD of my meditations. You can find it on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you stream your music at. Stay tuned for the Conscious Consultant Hour with Sam Leibowitz. Be well, be safe, be encouraged. Until next time, bye for now. business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. on edge hey we live in challenging edgy times so let's lean in i'm sandra bargeman the host of the edge of every day which airs each monday at 7 p.m eastern time on talkradio.nyc tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges that's the edge of every day on mondays at 7 p.m eastern time on talkradio.nyc Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern time on talkradio.nyc. COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be frank about health to advocate for all of us. about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower.